Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Roth. Hey there, if you're listening to this, then you are amongst the elite, the special forces of the Truth and Justice Army. This bonus episode is raw. As I mentioned in Sunday's episode, this is kind of a long and complicated conversation between me and Ian Patterson. Ian is one of the experts that I was working with dissecting all these cell phone records, and in this conversation, he's trying to explain to me why he thinks Becky's phone had a signal after 7 p.m. We also get into a couple other things, like some voicemails that were never recovered. It's all in there. It's long, and it doesn't sound great. But hopefully you're getting the information out of this that you were looking for. I wanted to make sure you guys have access to the full conversation, even though we didn't end up using it in the main episode. But again, keep in mind, this is 100% unedited. We just don't have the time to edit an extra episode this week. So you have to pardon the breaths, the coughs, and the retakes. I cleaned up sound a bit and tried to balance the levels, and that's all. After a quick break, I'll leave you to it. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ian, can you introduce yourself and and give us a little bit about your background? Yeah. Uh, well, my name is Ian uh, Patterson. I worked at Verizon Wireless for 11 years, uh, customer service, tech support, and uh, leadership for both. I uh, spent probably the last nine years uh, in tech support and tech support leadership. I actually designed a uh, training and delivered that to the, uh, our call center here uh, about how to read uh, cell records. And that was 2018. I'll put that out. So, uh, very familiar with. Was reading call records and trying to figure out what they what they're telling you. All right, and in this case, we have we've got some perplexing. I would say, to put it mildly, we have some perplexing stuff going on with these call records. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, the issue that we have is, I think, if you look at any of these records by themselves, they seem to paint a story. But then when you start cross referencing. But then when you start cross-referencing them, we start to run into some conflict. So the 
the main questions we have, the, the, the main focus of what we're talking about today are a series of calls, uh, five calls to be exact, from Becky's landline uh, out to either her cell phone or Javier's cell phone. Uh, and these calls occur at 7.11 p.m. in 53 seconds, 7.12 in 17 seconds, 7.12 in 53 seconds, 7.14 in 45 seconds, and 7.35 in 9 seconds. Now, these calls go, the order was from Becky's home to Becky's cell, Becky's home to Becky's cell, Becky's home to Becky's cell, then Becky's home to Javier, then Becky's home to Becky's cell. And then that is... Uh, pretty much the end of the call um, the call records where we have anything as far as on Becky's home records or or cell records. But, uh, well, until later that night, which, you know, when I looked at them, I didn't really think much of it because it's kind of in the midst of Be- Becky seemed to really like the phone. She used it a lot. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of back and forth from several numbers throughout the evening after she got home from the home, uh, from, from work. And I just assumed, you know, her calling her cell phone, what was her checking her voicemail. When I was having you look over the lines, you, you had a little different take on that. Can you explain from, from your understanding and Becky's cell phone records, which match up with her home records, what was going on with those calls where Becky's house phone was calling her land or her cell phone? I think it's more likely that somebody was at the house calling her phone. It was, and this, you've got to go back in, you know, 2006, we don't have digital voicemail. You call the voicemail. Uh, basically, it's going to prompt, play a greeting. And if you're calling from a different number than your cell phone, you've got to interrupt that voicemail greeting, enter in a PIN code, usually four to eight digits, uh, and then it would go through whatever prompt. So you have four new messages, five save messages, or whatever. Press one to play, or press three to skip, or whatever else uh, options would be there. So she'd have to call in, listen to those prompts, and work her way through that option tree to get to a message and then listen to the duration of the message. Uh, so when you're seeing calls like these where it's 11 seconds, 13 seconds, 34 seconds, 7 seconds, it really becomes hard to to see somebody speeding through that, that call tree and right. getting in there because you know, most people don't leave a message just like, you know, hey, it's Ian, or hey, it's Bob. They want to give some sort of explanation why they're leaving a message. Um, and that's hard to do and get through all of that and listen to the message in such a short time. Well, let's look at the, let's look at the first one at 7, 11, and 53 seconds. That's an 11-second call from the landline to Becky's cell phone. And... Mm-hmm. In eleven seconds. So, what? First of all, what does that eleven seconds mean? Would that be? Would the time start running on that once the say if her phone was out of service? Once the voicemail greeting started playing, or would it be once a tower was originated? Uh, Because before we can even get to 
you know, pressing pound and then starting the to putting in your pin code, you've got there's got to be some ringing or something in there, right? Right. So if it's if the phone has service, it's generally going to ring uh, between four and six times is pretty much the industry average. So five rings or five seconds between rings, uh, you get twenty to thirty seconds. And then it'll switch over to, uh, it'll forward over the voicemail. Once the voicemail picks up, uh, if it's an unanswered call on, on the cell phone, that's when it will start billing. Um, looking at, at these records, uh, from the home, it appears that what's happening is once the voicemail, uh, picks up, it basically it answers that call. That's when it starts calculating uh, the time. Mm-hmm. So, so that eleven seconds that wouldn't include any rings. That would be hitting the pound sign. You know, it's the, the greeting starts yep. playing. You hit pound. You enter your code. And you know, right. I thought maybe it's possible. You know, she didn't listen to any message, but maybe she was checking to see if there were any. So, if it said you have no new messages, and then she hangs up. But we have a couple other issues there. One is she calls the number at 7-11 11 and 53 seconds for 11 seconds, which means she hangs up that call at 7-12 and 4 seconds. At 7-12 and 17 seconds, she calls it again. So she just called and right. it said there's no new messages. Why is she calling back 13 seconds later? And then that one goes for 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. So that gets us up to 7.12 and what is that? 7.12 and 30 seconds. She hangs up. And then 23 seconds later at 7.12.53 calls again. And so it's, 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 hard, it's hard to comprehend for me why she would call it. If she was checking her voicemail, why she would call three times, boom, 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 back to back like that. Right. And that's. You know, that combination of the three quick calls, um, and she's got those calls matching on, uh, on her cell phone call log, it's, it's atypical behavior. It's not out of the realm of possibility that somebody might do that, but it's, it'd be uncommon. Well, then we, do that. and then we have another issue you presented to me, which kind of shocked me. As you said, from reading these records, that Becky's cell phone had service for these calls. Right. Yeah. Go ahead and explain how you're able to determine that the phone did have a connection. Yeah. So with uh, the cell record, usually what you see is if there's a, if there's no service, doesn't matter if the phone's in airplane mode, powered off, sitting in a Faraday cage, or just in a bad reception area. No service is no service. So the the network tries to reach out to the phone. If it can't page the phone and say, hey, trying to send you a message, send you a call. At that point, it immediately kicks it over the voicemail, and you get some sort of flat-out mobile forwarded or nothing, depending on uh, how the company recorded that. And then if the phone is on, 
it's going to page the phone. So it's going to reach out and ring. And then after it rings so many times, it doesn't get answered. Then forward into voicemail. And the voicemail picks up. It records on the uh, on the cell phone side, and you get uh, basically a double record. It, it one timestamp essentially you'll have a mobile terminating call and a mobile forwarding call. So terminating is just where it's coming into the phone, the forwarding is where it goes to the voicemail. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So what happens if somebody's calling on these records? Like, say the home phone was calling Becky's cell phone. And it, so say the call here that, that has 11 seconds. It rang twice. And then she just hit end. Like, just to hang it up. Would, it, would that then show it in... If at that point the person just hung up and then picked up and called again, would you see the forwarding to the voicemail then? You could. So if if Becky answers the call and then hangs it up, no. It would just be a uh, basically just a mobile terminating call because it was answered and then ended. If she hit uh, end call, forward it to voicemail, declining the call and then sending it to voicemail, that would show that it was this type of a, a call where it would have both records. Uh, now, this is 2006, so there aren't, you know, this, the iPhone's not going to come out until June or July of the next year. Um, so a lot of the, that type of functionality uh, wasn't broadly available. It existed, uh, but there wasn't a huge amount of that uh, widely available. So in these calls, we see they're all three different time lengths. So you have same call from the same place to the same number. One's 11 seconds, one's 13 seconds, one's 34 seconds. They're coming in quick succession, and they don't go to voicemail. But you, but you, you think that these these calls did connect as though so she was. But they, did they show a tower where they connected, or did it just, or can you just tell that that it connected somehow or another? Well, I that it was connecting to her phone. She didn't answer it, and they did go to voicemail because on her on her cell records, it's got everything in pairs: call forwarding and mobile terminating. So it was. Whether she was, whether she had a phone that could uh, 
declined the call and forwarded to voicemail or, uh, or it wasn't starting to record until the voicemail picked up. These calls came in and they went to the voicemail. Um, it doesn't give us any, any cell site or anything like that. Because there was no, it didn't have an active registration. Mm-hmm. The phone, basically, when you when your phone powers on, connects to the network, it requires generally some sort of positive uh, registration event. So, calling out, answering a call, or sending a text message. Uh, in uh, 2006, those would be your basic options. Now we have uh, accessing data intentionally. So, but you'd have something like that where the phone's coming on and then saying, I'm reaching out and doing that. It's going to do the same thing when you are disconnected from the network for any reason, not just when it powers on. Could be if, if you were out of service and it entered a service area, it's going to be able to see the phones there. It won't be registered until you would answer the call or uh, place a call out or send a text message. Okay. Force that registration through. That's why, uh, why on this, it would make more sense that when she, yeah, at this point, essentially, she, she wasn't home. She, was, she left. Somebody's at home trying to call her. Her phone's got enough signal to receive the call. She doesn't answer it, but never registers a cell site location. And then then it goes back to who's trying to to reach her at that number. So why would you think that the times, the 11, 13, and 14, do you think those would be the amount of time that the phone was connected to the voicemail then, and not the amount of time before it got forwarded to voicemail? Or other way around. On, on her uh, on her home records, the eleven, the thirteen, and uh, thirty-four. That is that's the amount of time the voicemail was actually connected. Okay. So in in her cell records, the same calls are fourteen seconds, fifteen seconds, and thirty-six seconds. So the, the two systems are recording slightly differently, but the Verizon, not Verizon, but the, uh, the cell phone in only starts billing. What it's doing is calculating the duration after the uh, voicemail is engaged. Okay. So it, everything on the, and, and this is where things get perplexing. So all that makes sense. Everything indicates that Becky had left. Someone was calling her from the landline. Those calls were sent to voicemail. Um, and that's the 711, the two 712 calls. At 714, the home phone, the landline called Javier. That shows up on the home records. And at 735, uh, again, the, the home phone calls Becky's cell phone. Those all appear the same in the records. Um, but our conflict comes in. In that in between there, the landline we see on Robert's cell phone records, the landline called him at 713. 
there's a call on Javier or the home records, I think, that say the home line called Javier again. And then at 727, we see that the home line called Robert again. Uh, and then at 734, that the home line called Christian again. But so it, it and one minute before the first call to Becky Sell is the home line calling Christian. And what is it? One minute before that, Christian called the home line. So they're like sandwiched in the calls right before were Christian calling in and then Becky calling Becky's the landline calling Christian, then the landline calling. Becky Cell, landline calling Becky Cell, landline calling Becky Cell, landline calling Robert. But the conflict with those are is there are five calls in the record that night where the landline called Robert. Looks like it only connected one time where they actually spoke. But none of those five calls show up in the home records. They only show up in Robert Cell records. Right. So... If the so, I guess the first question we have is: is how confident are you that Becky's cell phone had service at this time? It'd be like ninety-five to ninety-seven percent. That's one of the things you work in tech support long enough. There's myriad of possibilities out there that could could pop up. Uh, yeah, certainly, certainly very confident in it. And if you look at it. The other activity, and what makes really makes me lean towards that um, more than anything else is look at the other activity on there. So on the evening of the 15th through the morning of the 16th, small hours, uh, mm-hmm. between 11.56 p.m. on the 15th and uh, what is it? Uh, to well, one twenty six on the sixteenth, one twenty six a.m. Becky's cell phone has no activity. Mm-hmm. One fifty six p.m. for the last anything uh, on the fifteenth, she's got nothing until two twenty one eight on herself. That same time. Uh, in that gap, you should say, at yeah, six minutes, almost seven minutes past midnight, her home phone starts calling out. Uh, that was to her, to her ex. Mm-hmm. And then she's got a series of calls back and forth there, right up until one thirty, and then she's. Then her phone starts picking up signal again at 221. So her cell phone's back on, on a network 221 with mobile terminating calls that are being forwarded to voicemail. And she has that, that same pattern showing up for, for several hours. And then she starts you know, having more use. And then we go back and look at the the home records, we see the same thing happening uh, later in the, the evening of the uh, 16th and then 
midday on the 17th when her phone, her cell phone, cuts out and has a small uh, gap where there's no, nothing happened. Uh, we see the home phone uh, start picking up, calling the same numbers that she was calling uh, on her cell phone before. Mm-hmm. Then you run into the same thing that happens again later in the afternoon on the, the 17th between uh, basically about about 5 and 5, 12, 17, 12, and 35 seconds. So 5, 12, 35 seconds, and then uh, 18, 40, 6 seconds, 6, 40, and 6 seconds. So he's got some calls uh, in there back and forth with Javier. And then he cuts out uh, from the home. And then she's got nothing showing up until the 7 11 call. And that consistency of having no activity on her cell phone at all, no incoming text messages, anything like that, during those times and the activity on on the home phone, it starts making, making it look like when she's at home, she has no service. We know she has no service there. There's nothing coming in or out of her phone. And she's got, in just in these 18 days, including January, or not January, uh, September 1st through the 18th, she has a little over 2,000 calls and uh, calls and texts and things like that. If we look at it, it's 4.7 per per hour. If it's if her phone's on every single hour, mm-hmm. and when we start cutting out times where she doesn't have service or she doesn't have anything happening for at least two hours, then it starts jumping up to six point uh, something. I'm glad it worked out. It really picks up on she's going over to like six point three events per hour. Mm-hmm. So she's using her phone a lot. Yeah, there's. To see that you can, She uses it enough that you can almost tell from reading like the whole month's records. You can almost tell when she's sleeping. Yeah, because it's it's either the cell phone or the landline is in constant use. Yeah, and she. I mean, she does have a, a decent pattern there where she's got. Uh, the same, generally the same. You know, six hours or so where she's she's got nothing happening on either, and then you know, the other concern is she's supposed to have uh, she's supposed to be at work. You know, maybe she's nobody's calling or texting or anything because she's supposed to be there. And if she worked any of the other days of that month, she was using her phone all the way through through ships and the other weekends have a few hours where where she wouldn't have been using it and most of those were after we figured a graveyard shift would end. Mm-hmm. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, so it seems like the, the, the call had service. I'm, do, you, do you have any explanation as to why the calls to Robert wouldn't show up on the home? records not anything that's really concrete the most common things are that the carriers didn't uh, feel similarly or that in the in the record depending on when they received it when the, when the police received it the, the billing can actually end up being delayed it was more common back back in the early on uh, than it is today because today you pretty well get instant results. Things will show up maybe 20 minutes later. Call records. Back then, it would take at times weeks to get information coming in. Because you're having to go to this other carrier find out what information they have and then have verified by the network team and then it comes over. So, that's why you can have delayed billing. Uh, records aren't always immediately available. So even if they waited a week, 10 days, they probably had most of it on the home record. But there may have been something something more. That would be that would be the most common thing. But uh, you know, at this point it's it's speculation as to whether that was what had happened or why we have the differences on the home record and his cell record. Right. And and I'm trying to figure out, so some of them make sense. And maybe the old, I, I'm trying to remember back what the landlines looked like. I'm trying to make sense if, if it wasn't Becky calling her own cell phone, if it was someone else calling, then that would mean because sandwiched between the calls to her own cell phone, are and to Javier, there's also two calls to Robert and a call to Christian. That would mean that whoever was at the landline knew their numbers and was calling them. And I don't know if there was a feature on these phones where you could scroll back through and see who they talked to last. Um, I don't I remember caller ID from incoming calls, but Robert never called her, she only called him, so he wouldn't be on the you know, the caller ID or anything like that. Um, so it makes me lean towards it. It's her checking her voicemail, but like we discussed earlier, that seems really odd behavior for, to do it three times within a minute and a half 
to call to, to call continue to call and check the voicemail. Yeah, it would be uh, it would be very very odd to have that type of activity. Was was there anything back then where there was like a delay when someone left? So we have you know, we we see in the in the calls. I mean, it looks almost frantic. You know, there's the one she talks to Robert the one time, and then she's calling Robert. She's calling Robert. She's calling, and he's just sending him all the voicemail. It looks like calling Robert, calling Robert, calls Christian, calls Robert, calls Christian, calls Robert, calls Robert, calls Christian. That finally Christian called her back at 7.09, and she missed it. That's the call that rang. It was one second on her home line and 24 seconds on the on the um, on Christian's record is if she because she saw that he tried to call if she was then calling her cell phone her to check her voicemail to see if he left a voicemail and if 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 there was like a delay where like she call there's no messages well it's only been a few seconds let me wait and call again nope there's no messages let me wait and call again. Right there, yeah, and yeah, and I guess that yeah, we got we have to come back to that. If they had, if she had service, we know there was no service at the house. I mean, there's no cell towers anywhere near there. The closest one is in down the mountain on 74, you know, 15 miles away, and down the you know on the other side of a mountain, and then there's one in Anza, which is another you know 10, 15 miles away. The other way, there's there's nothing even close to there. So that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting that her 
I don't know what to make of it. I don't I don't know. Um because then we also have at eleven o'clock, um what is it eleven oh two? Javier calls Becky's yeah. cell phone and that appears to also have service and goes to voicemail, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, at eleven oh two uh eleven oh two and seven seconds and then throughout the and then basically throughout the eighteenth. It would appear that her phone is on, getting service, things are bringing in and going to voicemail. And uh, we know for a fact that at that time, by 11.02, she's already dead. Right. And if the phone was in the house, it would have been burned up. It would have been burned up. If it was anywhere near the house, it wouldn't have had service. Right. And it probably would have been found. Yeah. From the search, the search around there is there is there a time when it's so if it's sitting somewhere and has and is powered on eventually the battery's going to die is there a time where you can tell that it's just cut off it's done on um, on these records it looks like it ran all the way through at least to the eighteenth the police didn't get anything past the eighteenth. Uh, and, and what I was seeing, uh, they basically just shot this first two and a half weeks, and then then it stopped. And then one of the other things that you know, popped out at me, reading the uh, some of the details on the uh, search warrant application, they had, uh, the police had wanted to search. Her, uh, you know, her call on. They got that through the 18th. And then there were apparently uh, some voicemail messages, especially four voicemail messages. Uh, and then they submitted a subpoena for that. Uh, other warrant for search warrant on the 21st. And we're told that they'd already been deleted. And when voicemail messages were deleted, they're just gone. They were there, yeah, presumably on the 18th, 19th, or 20th when they issued the first uh, warrant. How did they, how did they disappear? Well, the other question is, how did they know they were there? If they didn't have a phone or they didn't have the phone records yet, how did they know there were voicemails there? Does it? I don't have that that paper right in front of me. Does it say what time, or is it specific about what calls they're looking for voicemails for? Uh, it does not. No, it just um, shows that they received that. Um, that singular did not provide four voicemail messages that appear to be sent uh, to her cell phone on the seventeenth, and then. Uh, they spoke, the police spoke a singular, singular said, basically, they need a new search warrant for it. They got that done, and then they weren't there. You know, the voicemail messages, and basically, you have to have somebody who knew the voicemail pin code, password to get into it, so they could check it remotely. And they get rid of it, uh, or if the service to that 
after those lines uh, were terminated, uh, uh, relative or somebody had death certificates called up the provider and said, you know, we need the service disconnected. That that did happen. I don't know what at what point, but I know there's a call with Becky's sister a couple weeks after the murder, and the officer is upset with her because she had canceled the cell service. Uh, and, of course, she's pretty indignant about it, too. She's like, well, I, you guys haven't been answering my calls. Why would I know not to can't shut off the phone service? Right. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. If it were, if it were a couple weeks later, uh, when that had been disconnected, I, I don't know when it was, but if it's a couple weeks later, got disconnected, and then they're asking for these, seems way more plausible that that scenario happened than within four days of yeah the family dying. And I'll, I'll have to go take care of the administrators. Yeah, and I'll have to go back and review because I know the call to her was a couple of weeks later, but I don't remember if she even said when she had done it. But it sounded like the purpose for the call, the reason the police called, I'm guessing maybe was because of this warrant because they called her and were asking her, hey, why'd you shut the cell phones off? So she might have done it the next day, for all I know. I don't remember or if she even said. Yeah, um, yeah that would certainly, would certainly do it. Yeah, I don't know that you did. Otherwise, otherwise, the calls would have, the the voicemails would have stayed on the record, right? They would have stayed there unless somebody manually deleted right. them. Right, they would have been there until somebody had gone in and uh, dialed in and then deleted them. Uh, but over my years of rising, I've talked to tons of people who had decades old. Uh, voicemails from loved ones who passed on. They just stay there. As long as you save it, it's going to be there. And if you don't delete it, it's still going to be there. Right. Uh, but if the service got that, they're gone. Then it's done. Yeah. And then and basically all the voicemail systems purge instantly. So it's not, uh, not just that they got deleted and it's recoverable. If you, know, you get a call in in the next hour, as soon as, as soon as it's deleted and that call to the voicemail ends, the voicemail system will purge and wipes everything out, even uh, like a backup folder. Right. Well, what's it was 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 more interesting because I'm sure it's probably because she shut the cell phones off because I know that was an issue. But what's more interesting to me is how they knew there were four voicemails that were relevant. And then looking through the records, I think there are only, they had to be looking for the calls from, because during like any relevant time frame, we have the four calls from the landline to her cell phone that went to voicemail are the only ones that did that. So I'm guessing they, they must have somehow known or had access to the home records and knew those voicemails were left, I guess? There were, there were also some calls from earlier in that day, um, 4.50 and 51 seconds uh, a.m. There was a 
went to voicemail. Mm-hmm. 521 in three seconds, 23 second college voicemail. Yeah, there, um, there were a few during the, like the morning and earlier in the day while she was still down in the valley, which I yeah. guess those might have been the ones they were looking for. But I don't think they had, because they did they file the warrant for the cell phone <laughs> records for Becky and for the voicemail records at the same time? No, they did the voicemail. The, Voicemail records second. Okay. And and that's where they said you know, there were four messages from the seventeenth, or that appeared to be from the seventeenth. Okay. So it would have been, and this was this was requested on the twenty first. Okay, it's four days later. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So the, so if they had her cell record. They would have seen the couple calls going to voicemail in the morning, and then you've got the four calls from the landline to the cell phone that went to voicemail. I bet those are the four calls they were looking for. You know, they're in the relevant time frame. That must have been what they were looking for to see what those voicemails were. Um, so, anyway, to kind of wrap things up, we are we are sort of in still in a bit of limbo. Super weird that her phone had a signal during those calls. Also that, you know, it was her cell phone that was called. Robert was called. Javier was called. Christian was called all during that time. Um, but I guess the big the big takeaway that I got from that little section there um, that actually does provide it. Well, it, I guess it leaves more questions than answers is. The big reason that we were looking at the phone, the home phone records was because we wanted to see, did she call Denny's to call in for work? And at first glance, we see the records and it says, you know, there's no call to Denny's easy enough. But then we find out that she called Robert confirmed five times. And those aren't in the records either, which means it didn't log all of the records, which means we still don't know if she called Denny's from home or not. Right, yeah, the home records are are lacking. <laughs> right. All right. Well, well, Ian, I really appreciate your time, and and you know, as we move on with this, I'm going to be working on uh, some location stuff, and we've talked a little bit about some of that. But um, are you? Would you be a good resource, or could you point us in the right direction when we get into questions? Um, you know, some specific questions as far as how far a cell tower might reach when you know, there, there's a there's a big question coming up about when when Robert's phone reconnects. You know, we, we went through the time when he didn't have service when he reconnects to a tower at at 1023 the t- to figure out, you know, what's the furthest away from that tower he could have been given the location of the other towers in the area. Um Definitely, I need somebody to have a look at that. Yeah, yeah, we can certainly take a look at it. Um, that's additional thinking to see what kind of tower it was, because depending on the technology, it could be very long range, very short range. Um, most of them in in this time frame would have covered several miles. Right. And it said yeah. in the in like the summary report that 
the cell tower ranges were between three and five miles maximum. Um, and so, and it's a, and it's, it's a, it's kind of a critically important where he was when he connects to this one. So I got on the map and drew the tower he connected to a five mile circle. And if he was coming from up the hill where he could have got into the very edge of that five mile circle, which would be like the earliest, you know, the, you know, the, the furthest away he could have been. And that, that creates some timing issues already. But then if that's reconnected, he would have been one mile from another tower and two miles from another tower. So, you know, there's questions of, you know, why would it connect to the one that's five miles away instead of the one that's one mile away or two miles away? Um, but, you know, that's a, it's a conversation for another day, I guess. Yeah, yeah not a problem. That's, that's one that <clears throat> it could have been something where you know, the nearest cell site isn't always the clearest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you've also got, depending on how the phone was, was set up or what it was registered to last, different things like that can include where it, it goes to make that next connection. Sure. Um, yeah, we can take a look at it. No problem. All right, Ian. Well, I appreciate your time, and I'll, I'll definitely be in touch when I start digging into all that stuff. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take care, bud. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.